We've got to get our minds out of this old worldly, fleshly thinking if we're ever going anywhere at all with God. My Bible says laughter doeth good as a medicine. It's okay to be a happy Christian. A Christian don't have to be sitting around with their head down all the time talking about the bad things of life. We need to be the happiest people on the earth. Think about it. You're a king's kid. You belong to Jesus Christ. You ought to have a smile on your face and take an undertaker three days to get it off when you die. You don't know what you say. You don't know what you do, what the effect it has on other people around you. So if we walk into a room where people are happy and enjoying life and talking about the goodness of God, and we bring up the hip, it just throws a wet blanket over what God has just done. Amen? We don't want to be wet blankets. We don't want to be a bucket of water. Amen. We want to be someone that's an encourager, someone that's got some good news, not a bearer of bad news. Amen. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is gospel? The good news. Amen. So if you're preaching and proclaiming the good news of God, it's alive in your heart, in your mind, and in your body, and you can't fake it. You either got it or you don't. Y'all remember that commercial on TV back in the 70s? The baseball game with little bitty kids, and they hit this long fly ball into the outfield, and this little boy just ran as hard as he could run, and he got close to that ball, and he dove with all his might. And he fell on the ground, and about half of that ball sticking in his glove, about half of it out, he caught that fly ball, and they won the ball game. And he got up, and he said, some kids got it, some kids don't. <laughs> Amen. That's the way I'm that kid this morning. Amen, I've got it, Brother Bobby. I've got something in my heart. I've got something in my soul that's different from what I had in the world. Amen. God don't give me the things that the world gives you. God gives us peace and joy and contentment, and you can't fake it. You either have it or you don't. And I'm thankful to the good Lord this morning that I have the joy of the Lord in my life. Amen? I'm thankful for that this morning. The Bible tells us, talks about an abundant life. Amen? Boy Roberts, back in the days in the 50s when he started preaching, and God gave him a gift to minister to people, to lay hands on people and people to be healed. Brother Roberts had a magazine that he put out every month. It was called Abundant Life. And he started talking about how the Christian people in the world live below what they're promised by the Word of God. Every one of us in this house has lived below God's standards at one time or another in our life. And I want you to get this in your mind this morning before I get into these scriptures. I am talking about spiritual things this morning. I'm not talking about earthly goods. Like I told y'all last Sunday, the Lord don't care if you had a double Big Mac for lunch. The Lord don't care if you live in a mansion. The Lord don't care if you live in a tent beside a river. The Lord don't care if you uh, have great riches or whether you're broke. God just loves you like you are. Amen. Because he said, come unto me as you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to be nothing different. But God loves every one of us in the state 
Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. How many content people have you met the last week or two? Amen? Think about that. I'm content this morning. I'm happy because I know God is taking care of me. I know for the last 65 years that God is taking care of me. Amen. Everything I've ever needed, everything I've ever wanted, God has supplied that need. Why is God going to quit on November the 17th, 2019, taking care of me? Why is he just going to quit? He's not. So why am I worried about tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, or ten years down the road? I shouldn't have any concerns. God has already proved himself to me 65 years in a row. Think about that. Tomorrow when you get up and just worry, you won't find something to worry about. Amen. People do. They just look for things that they can fret or be concerned about. And then Sister Tina and I, we we got a new saying. We could if anything negative comes up or if we think about anything that's wrong or bad, either her or me one will say, somebody ought to be praising the Lord up in here. Amen. Hey, there's enough news reporters to tell bad news. They don't mean enough. Somebody ought to be praising the Lord up in here. So from now on, when you hear somebody that's negative, somebody that's down, somebody that's out, somebody that feels like God don't love them this time, somebody ought to be praising the Lord up in here. And it might as well be me. Amen. And I got that from the guy I worked with, his little daughter, six years old. And when she was four or five, they filmed her. She got a little microphone and she sang. And she got up in front of the fireplace one night. And she said, there's fixing to be some praise of the Lord going on in here. And then she went to singing. The Bible talks about how much we can learn from a child. Amen. If we don't become as humble as them little children, we have no place in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is right here. It's right now. Because the scripture says, Know ye not that the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. When you've got the spirit of Jesus Christ come into your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body, you inherited the kingdom of God right then. It's not somewhere that you got to fly off to someday when you're 110. Amen. You can step into that kingdom of God when you want to. It's yours to claim. Amen. The Bible says unto John, the law of the Mosaic law was preached, but after John, the kingdom of God is preached, and men must what? Press their way into it. Amen. You're not just going to inherit this thing. Somebody read them scriptures. I'm ready to preach. Amen. It says, Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forgive, forget thy children. A little history here. Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel and Ephraim. At the same time, Isaiah was a prophet. Same time, Brian. And he got to prophesy over his people of how they had lost out with God because of not acknowledging Him in all your ways. The Bible says, Acknowledge ye the Lord in all your ways. 
Let him direct your paths. He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're all about God, your desires will be lined up with him. Amen. All right. He also got to prophesy to his people about the restoration of how God would restore his people unto him. That's what this thing is all about. Not just this church. We didn't come up with a new idea when we talked about restoration ministry because every church in our youth and in the world is about restoring man's relationship with God because that's what Jesus Christ came to do. Amen? Was to fill in the gap that men could not do. You cannot live up to the law of God in your natural body. It takes the Spirit of God because He's the one that overcame the world. He's the one that overcame every sin that you and I are tempted with. He's the one that has a victory over things that will hinder your natural body while you're on this earth. Amen? You can shout the victory. Amen. When, when you've got that hip hurt, you can still praise the Lord and worship the Lord, or you can sit down and cry and moan. You've got a choice. Amen. Let me let me go over it quickly. I'm just going to go through this sermon this morning. I'm coming down here. Listen to me. Salvation is a free gift. The Bible says that. Jesus did died on the cross. He didn't ask you, is it okay if I die on the cross so you can be saved? Jesus came. He was sent by the Father to the earth to redeem mankind out of a sinful state. Salvation is a free gift. And there's people all over the world today that's saved. But there's less than 1% of the church world that are saved today that's living in an abundant life. And enjoy the kingdom of God. You know why? Because they will not forsake the love of the flesh. That's what these people did here. They rejected God and rejected the ways of the Lord. The Bible says there's a difference in wisdom and in knowledge. My people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Amen. You can get, and I'm talking naturally, you can get a 12th grade education takes you 12 years, and you can get a diploma without a lot of hard work. You can just cruise through school and graduate. Y'all with me? You're saved. I'm talking spiritual this morning. I'm going to use natural illustrations, but I'm talking 100% spiritual relationship between you and God. You can just get saved. You can go to school and start to school when you're seven years old and you're in school. And you can just nonchalantly cruise through 12 years and graduate, get a diploma, or get a completion certificate that you served 12 years in school. But let me tell you something. That's where the buck stops here. After you get your 12th grade diploma, if you get a bachelor's degree, you get a master's degree, you get a doctor's degree, PhD, or a professorship, you're not going to nonchalantly get that. You're going to study, you're going to research, you're going to burn the midnight oil, you're going to do everything in your power. You're going to scratch, you're going to scrape, it's going to cost you money, you're going to put some effort in Amen? That's what's wrong with the church world today. We're all just high school graduates in the Lord. 
We just know so long they happen in to salvation plan and got saved. But very few of us will press on into the fullness of God and experience the things that God has for us. And that's why we're not willing to put forth the effort that it requires to get there. You look at every great prophet in the Bible. You look at every great evangelist that you've ever heard of. They went through suffering and pain and torment before they got to the stages in life that they could lay hands on people and they'll be healed. And they could have great crusades with thousands of people getting saved at the same time. They just didn't come coasting into town on a unicycle and start preaching the gospel. Amen? They put in some hard times. You look at, at, at Moses. Sister Bess talked about it this morning when she was a young girl, a missionary, coming to her church. And she got that spirit in her that she knew she needed to be a missionary. And then 38 years later, she got to go on her first missionary trip. 38 years later, God worked on her and prepped her, groomed her. She sought the Lord. She studied her Bible. She read. She prayed. She wanted to do something for God. That was in her heart. Moses was carried to the backside of the desert for 40 years to be prepared to lead God's children out of Israel. He just didn't come walking in one day and say, I think I'll just go get deliverance for all my people. No, he'd been there on the backside of that desert for 40 years, just him and God, suffering great hardships and great pain before God allowed him to lead his children out of money. You don't have any leaders anymore. You don't have people that want to do anything. They're just happy. I've got a 12th grade education. Bless God. I'm smarter than everybody. I'm just going to sit here and wait on the Lord to come back. That's the attitude. Yeah, they've done missed it. I can tell you some stuff about the Lord's coming. Amen. Y'all ever heard the day of Pentecost? Woo! What happened that day? Jesus looked at some of his disciples and looked at them and said, There'll be some of you standing here that shall not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Do you know any of them disciples are still alive today? Is God's word alive? No. Then when did they see him coming in his kingdom? On the day of Pentecost, when he filled 120 believers with that same spirit of Jesus Christ that was on earth. Jesus said, Know ye not that now you are the members of Christ, the body of Christ, and members in particular. I was a one-man show until the day of Pentecost, and all of a sudden, there's 120 believers filled with the Spirit of God. Later on that day, he added 5,000 more to the church. He's been adding ever since. Amen. You can see Jesus when you want to see Jesus. Amen. We don't know where to look. We're going to talk about our healing. I ain't got nothing good to tell you. I have no hope for you. If you go down to the jailhouse and walk in there and sit down with old boys that's in jail, they, they need to hear some inspiration. They need some hope. They need some truth. They need to know that you really love them and you really care for them and you just go in there and sit down and say, Woo, boy, y'all got it bad, don't you? No, locked up. You can't even get out of here. What good? What kind of help is that? What kind of help is that? And that's what we do to everybody we meet on the street all week. Somebody come up to me, hey, Brother Ray, how do you do? Well, bless God, I got this thing going on in my head. 
And they say, yeah, let me tell you about my lumbago or whatever it is. Let me tell you about that. That's, that's the conversation in the church house, in the church world today, is what all is wrong. There's nothing right. I don't have nothing but good news to tell you. Amen. Joy is coming in the morning. Amen. We can endure whatever we have to endure. But the Lord is taking care of us. God has a bright day planned for tomorrow, Monday morning, November the 18th, 2019. I'm going to get up and go enjoy it. Amen. I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to drive two hours to work. And I'm going to work ten hours. And I'm going to drive two hours back home. Amen. And I'm going to listen to some praise and worship on the radio. And the Lord's going to sit over there in the passenger seat right, right along with me. I'll let him drive every once in a while. Amen. You ever get off in the spirit and start praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord? And you look up, you're 30 miles up the road further, and you thought you ought to be. And you say, Lord, how did I get here? He's been driving. He just says, shut up, be quiet, I'll talk to you. I'm telling you, God will talk to you and God will minister to you wherever you are. God's not going to tell you about his back pain. Has the Lord ever come to you and said, have y'all ever seen these stripes on my back? Look in this mirror. Just look at what they did to me. Did you know they plucked my beard? They had my whiskers out. They stuck a crown on my head. Has the Lord ever come to you and told you all that? He won't ever come to you and tell you what all he suffered. Because he suffered for your benefit. He chose to suffer for your benefit. The Bible said he could have called for 10,000 angels to come and set him free and take him off that cross. And when he gave his, when he died, was in the Garden of Gethsemane, not hanging on the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed three times, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. I hope I'm getting close to that point, Brother Bobby, to where I can say, not my will, Lord, but 